0: Welcome to episode 345 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Right, team. Welcome along to episode 345 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you
1: going, mate? I am fantastic, Bevan. Sitting in sunny car, Terry Terry, out the ba- outside the backpackers.
0: Outside the backpackers? What, have you just gotten kind of hooked into their Wi-Fi? That's about as good as it gets up here. <laughs> are you paying for it or are you just scamming it?
1: No, I'm paying for it. I'm, I'm paying for it. Uh, you paying a paying price? i through... The- Throw the roof for it, Bevan. You wouldn't believe.
0: The sound quality might not be so good today, guys. I, um, I'm up in Auckland myself, and I forgot to bring my audio technica gear, so I've had to buy some crappy Logitech kind of um, headset thing. So with um, the sound's not so great, we're sorry about that. It's, it's, it will only be for this week. Anyway, this week's show, what we've got happening, we've got some... Oh, I'm talking proudly brought to you by... com. I do want one of those right now, John, I tell you. Who else... Athletics.com Social networking for endurance athletes And
1: extreme endurance
0: Your lactic buffer Okay guys, on this week's show we've got some news There's quite a bit of news this week really, isn't there? We've got an age group of the week We've got a high five John's sharing some 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 tips, aren't you John? Yep, I need to lose some weight He needs to lose some weight And then we've got some questions and answers at the end So let's start off with the news And uh had a few races on The year has begun, 2013 has begun And uh, last weekend... There was, a, there was a race and Challenge Wanaka happening And let's be honest John, the winner you had not Much faith in, did you?
1: I, I, Bevan, I just like putting the challenge Out <laughs> with the people that I know And uh, talking them down so then they can go out there And prove me wrong well, And, and, and he, he
0: proved you wrong, didn't he?
1: In a big way, and it really was a weekend of, um, of the, I don't know, essentially no names or, or very little background athletes taking the victories in both Wanaka and Auckland, but Dylan McNeese took out Challenge Wanaka, more or less led from start to finish, which was just, a, it's a, it's a very much a career-changing result for him.
0: And not just, you know, like everyone had a bad day and he pulled it off, he had a solid all-round race, didn't he?
1: Hmm. So conditions, you know, Wanaka, is as where, Bevan and I often go on about, is one of the most spectacular courses anywhere in the world and, and just an awesome, awesome place to go and uh, and train and just, just get the whole, the full package, not just a race, but, a, but an awesome holiday and family break and all those things. Um, but one thing when you go to Wanaka, the chances, I, I'd, I'd say, 50-50, it's 50-50 again it's going to be really windy or you're going to get an okay day, in the last few years they seem to have hit on the wrong side of that 50 pretty much uh, consistently, yeah. and again, I, I think I put the mockers on people, Like on on, uh, on the day before the race I sent a couple of athletes, I was coaching an email saying, oh the weather forecast doesn't look too bad, it doesn't look like it's going to be too windy, and uh, what do you know, boom, they woke up and the winds were howling, and oh, really? It was it was a very very tough day by the sounds of it, um, but uh, the the swim apparently was pretty pretty um, choppy and and that really favours usually the good swimmers and Dylan McNeice is uh, is a sensational swimmer you know almost you know he's sort of New Zealand rep former New Zealand rep swimmer but he's got a very straight arm technique and so he would have well, he did totally excel in those swim conditions so he came out of the swim in 47.56 yeah. Um, Brian Rhodes was the next out in 51.30, so he had, you know, um, a three and a half minute lead over Brian Rhodes, who's normally a swim leader. And then back to the main contenders, they were back in 55 minutes. So having a, um, a seven to ten minute buffer over your main rivals is massive start, head start to the day, and you can just settle into your own rhythm, which is, looks like what he did.
0: And, you know, to to run a sub three, you know, like he had a good sort of run there on that course, which isn't a traditionally fast course, you know, and and a pretty good ride. You know, it was a complete performance, wasn't it? It was,
1: you know, and, and what I said last week, I said Dylan's a sensational swimmer. Um, he's, I thought he'd be a bit weak on the bike relative to, to the guys he's racing, but he only lost, you know, um, five to five minutes on the top guys and, and to guys like Macca, he rode the same as that. Guys like Brian Rhodes, he only lost, you know, a minute and a half or so too. So for him, that was a, just a, a perfect bike ride, especially given he did it solo um, mm-hmm. the whole way. Yep. And then on the, the run, you know, Dylan is, he's not a, fantastic runner but I put him he's around about the same as me um, so you know like a, a 3 hour run is a sensational day 2.55 is probably absolute dream scenario and a 3.05 is okay Three any 3.10 or anything is, 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 a, is a poor day but he ran 2.59 um, leading from the front 259.59, might I add.
0: Mm, nice.
1: <laughs> and so for him on debut, that was uh, it was just a brilliant performance. And 851.18 total time in very tricky conditions and a changed bike course, which was extremely difficult bike course. Mm. Um, you know, I, I thought he'd have maybe a, a a 905 to 910 in him, but to go 851 and uh, and win it is uh, is a brilliant, brilliant effort.
0: Yeah, really nice to see as well. And uh, we, I found out he's 27, so he's got plenty of years in front of him. And you know, he's, uh, you know, obviously after this performance, you you kind of think that he might kind of lead more towards the long course kind of racing.
1: We'll get, him, we'll get him on the show next week I'll pop him a note because he is a good Christchurch lad and I, and I know him pretty well and just just pleased for him I, d- I didn't I think he'd do that well um, so, so absolutely stoked for him yeah. uh, Jamie White was in second and I think he'll be kicking himself a bit um, you know, got himself in a position to win he actually took the lead on the run while Dylan was having a port-a-potty porta stop um, at the start, of the, start part of the run but Dylan ran past him again he only ran a 3.03 which I think he'll be pretty disappointed with because he, he really did put himself in a position to win and then old Macca gutsed it out
0: so what's the story? Just just wasn't fit?
1: I, I think he would have been terribly unfit, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, Mecca. he he sort of got he was probably in, in a position where he could still pretty comfortably win the race coming out of the coming off the bike. You know, he rode fifty five and, and uh swam fifty five, rode four fifty eight, so he would have come off the bike, you know, five to seven minutes down on, on those front guys and yeah, you know, he could have you know a, a two fifty nine for him is is um it's a pretty slow run um so you know we know he can run you know 240 235 sort of pace if um uh, sort of rope type courses so i think um they, they had shots of him on the news and he came off the bike and he said my god am i glad to be off that bike that was the ugliest ride i've ever done in my life um so yeah I think he just, just Wasn't fit enough But but I think Credit to him You know He, he could have easily Just pulled the pin And just said I'll oh, bug this You know I'm, I'm getting beaten By a couple of You know Essentially second Or third tier guys I'm just going to Throw the towel in But, but he, you know He just kept kept going And finished So it was good Keegan Williams In, four, in fourth And and Rhodesie there In fifths um, in, in 904 So uh, is, it a,
0: is it a good look When you got Mecca? You know He's obviously Trying to bring PR to races But if he turns up And you know Like We're not giving him A hard time About the performance Because he obviously Wasn't that fit, but at the end of the day, when he doesn't win these kind of races, is it actually a good look for Challenge?
1: Well, for overseas listeners, Challenge Monica was on one news live from reporter. It was a reporter live from the finish line, and, and the reason I'm sure that they did that was because Macker was there. So our six o'clock evening news, they crossed live during the sports news, went to Challenge Monica, did a bit of coverage of the race, and then had a little interview with Chris Mix. So I think just. But that happening you know giving the race the exposure um i think it's 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 not perfect you know you'd much rather see him go out there and and win but um but i still think it brought more exposure to the race
0: okay good time so then on the gill side of things gina crawford beat her course record on what what you know you're saying was a pretty hard day
1: and a tough swim day as well. So she, uh, you, you asked me. I think it might have been last week or the week before. You know, can, how, how good can Gina do on the? And Kona and I sort of said, oh, uh, you know, her, her bike's just a bit weak. And um, you know, she can swim and run with the best of them. Um, but her bike's a bit weak. She
0: smoked it.
1: Bike. She absolutely crushed them. So um, again, you know, Gina, we know is a fantastic swimmer. She only came out in the swim 59:14, which I'd imagine is her slowest swim ever. Um, Relative to the others, it wasn't too bad, but just shows what a tough day it was in the swim. Road 508, which is really, you know, you compare that to the guys' times. They were only just dipping under the five-hour mark. The fastest time was 4:52. So. Mm. Pretty impressive bike time, and then finish it off with a 311 run. So, um, a crushing victory, nine hours 24. So, um, she's so consistent, Gina, she's, and she's won that race now. Must be five or six times. So, good payday for her, and um, good PR as well. Do Do
0: we know if she's doing New Zealand?
1: I don't know. I'd, I'd, I mean, she'll be going to Kona, so well, she'll be aiming to go to Kona. So, I guess she's just got to she'll pick and choose. I I would, I would imagine so. She she normally does to yeah. do the double. Dump- Who we talked about last week? Somebody sent us an email saying she was a an ex-rower. She finished in a very close race for uh, for second and third. She did 9:44.22 versus Joe Lawns 9:44.30. Eight Eight seconds. Oh, and she passed. She must have passed Jo Lawn at the end because she uh, she had a quicker runtime. She ran three oh nine versus Joe Lawn's three fifteen.
0: Well, she had a pretty average swim. She swam one oh six, so she was obviously chasing Joe all day.
1: Uh, Simone Mayer was uh, third and fourth, and Thames and Hayes was fifth. So, well done to everybody who finished Challenge Wanaka. It was uh, sounds like another beautiful but tough day.
0: Okay, then um, you've got a couple of names here, John. What are they about? Are they age grippers? Oh,
1: Quick quick um buzz uh quick plug for the, the guys that won the, the half. They also have a half at Challenge Wanaka as well as the teams. Sarah Bryant took out the girls from Reuben Bishops, who was the fastest age grouper at the ITU World Champs um, last year in Auckland. And Braden Curry, for I think the second year in a row, absolutely decimated the field with a four eighteen versus Andrew Young, four twenty seven. And the, the guys and Andrew Young's a good athlete. So that Braden Curry, he just killed them again.
0: Oh, good times. Okay, the other big race we had happening last weekend was the Asia-Pacific 70.3 Championships. And um, again, on the male side of the race, well, the male side of the race at least, it, um, you wouldn't have picked the winner.
1: Never heard of him, and I did a little bit of research, and I couldn't find out very much about him either. One, I just want to go back to one other thing about uh, Challenge Wanaka, is I think we're going to have to give Gina a new nickname. Oh. But- They showed some coverage of her on the news, coming out of transition, uh, T2 onto the run, and no joke, her face was completely white. She'd got the full sunscreen. Completely white. She looked, it looked pretty entertaining. So we'll come up, somebody come up with a nickname for Gina. But sorry, back to the 70.3, Christian Kemp. If anybody can send us in some information on him, he is the now the Asia Pacific 70.3 champion, never heard of him in my life Bevan, never heard of him.
0: And, and crazy you know, we know the depth of triathletes in Australia is pretty strong so you know, it's not necessarily surprising that Australian does well but you know, to take out Doherty you know, a guy who's you know one of the best athletes in the world, maybe may be kind of newer to the longer distance racing but you know, just take out Doherty, he's a pretty sharp athlete that's a pretty impressive performance
1: Some other good guys in the field, you know, you had, uh, a lot of them seem to Alpha Fire for whatever reason, um, but that was not a was not a bad field. It was a pretty strong field. Now Bevan did not look on top of his game. He really looked like he was battling all day. And it, um, they actually turned the coverage around. It was actually on on Sky Sports last night. They had one hour coverage of uh, of the race, so I got down to sit sit down and watch it all all day. And Christian Kemp really did actually deserve that victory, probably more so than the results actually indicated, because um, the swim most of them came out in a, in a bunch together with there a couple of, couple of groups and, and it sort of did come together and it was a big big pack and it looked like quite a bit of um, drafting but got, it just looked like a narrow course in places and it was quite hard for them um, not to sort of constantine her up but Christian Kemp actually got in a little breakaway. there was one guy off the front um, I think it was James Hodge and then there was two guys riding together. It was Christian Kemp and Paul Ambrose and they got a break on the field but Christian Kemp punctured um, a few kilometres from the finish and Uh. so that he'd put in to get in that break then uh, resulted in him uh, coming in with like likes of Bevan Doherty and those other guys where he would have had a little bit of a lead coming off the um, the bike so a well deserved victory um, especially considering he got a puncher but what happened was on the run it basically became a three horse race between uh, Christian Kemp, Bevan Doherty and Clark Ellis and then they dropped uh, Bevan put a bit of a surge and dropped Clark Ellis uh, at the halfway mark on the run and then Christian Kemp did the same to Bevan um, a little bit later and just Ran away with the victory. It ended up only being 30 seconds, but it was still pretty convincing.
0: Wow, it's pretty impressive. Imagine, imagine turning up to a race like this. You know, obviously, you obviously know you're a pretty decent athlete, but to actually come away and you know not really even been considered and actually winning the race, it's pretty fantastic.
1: Fantastic for his bank balance. Um, we've got to remember the, these um, guys are, are, are vying for points as well, qualifying for both the seventy point three and uh, for Kona. So I think it'll help all those uh, all those guys for that. But yeah, the only result I could find for Christian Kim was like a, I don't know, it was like a, a seventh place at Wildflower or something like that, or somewhere in the top ten. It was it was like you know, it just again like Dylan. That is potentially a career-changing result. Um, so, so good on him. It was pretty close. It was uh, he went three fifty six oh three versus Bevan's three fifty six thirty seven, and then Clark Ellis. Good result for him. I think it's, it might be the first half Ironman he's done. He's a he's a good Kiwi um, Olympic distance athlete. Probably uh, lining up potentially to make the Rio de Janeiro um, team for the Olympics. Uh, he came home three fifty eight twenty
0: four. John. So it was. On on I I I was in Auckland on the day, but unfortunately I couldn't get down to watch the race because I was working. But what was what was did it look like? There there was much support out on the course. It
1: looked you can tell me better than than this, but it looked like a pretty crappy little morning in terms of it just looked really drizzly. Um, Yeah, it
0: was. Yep, and overcast.
1: They went over the, the bridge, looked, which looked pretty spectacular, but it was uh, it looked pretty narrow. So for the elite guys, there was a line up here and they were sort of concertining up quite a bit. Um, then they had to come through sort of the... Uh, the industrial area sort of around the tanker farms and around the viaduct where a lot of the events happen in Auckland and that looked very narrow and i was just crapping myself just watching them um because it was wet greasy lots of paint lines all over the road um, had to go over some tram tracks so that looked pretty scary and then they did a little out and back and the one thing i would say um so they did one loop north over the bridge, and then they did two loops south along the waterfront. Is on the second loop, the pros were having to deal with passing quite a few age groupers, and it looked a little bit hairy. Um, so, it, but in terms of the support, it looked like they had um, good support given the time of the day. You know, I think it was a 6:30 a.m. start or a 7 a.m. start. So I thought the level of support around the finish um, looked looked pretty good.
0: Mm, well, that's good. And and the girl side of the race, so Annabelle Luxford uh, took it out as well. And She dominated it.
1: So Annabelle Luxford is, a, is an ITU specialist. Um, haven't heard her name pop up for the last year or two. Don't think she went to the... No, actually, I'm sure she, no, she definitely didn't go to the Olympics, but very, very good ITU athlete. Former world number one. Um, she's, she's one of those athletes that you'd think is not sort of in the same league as Emma Snow still in those top three or four, but she's sort of in that next rung down and her run is probably just a little bit weaker and then that's why she hasn't perhaps been quite so, um, her name probably hasn't come up quite so much, but this was a crushing performance. You know right out there in front in the swim, rode away from them and rode a 2.22, which compared to Caroline, she put a minute and a half into Caroline Steffen and then put more time, a 1.29 into her on the run. So 4.19, that was pretty impressive.
0: Mm, Yeah, to put six minutes on Caroline's pretty massive. And then Caroline Steffen in second place and then Meredith Kessler in third place as well.
1: And then fifth place, pretty short, was our age group of the week from last week, Anna Rock. Oh, she was too, yeah. So that's a pretty bloody good effort, actually. 4.34, you know, only five minutes off Meredith Kessler and nine minutes off Caroline Steffen. First up effort, that's going to be a decent play day, some good points, nice work.
0: Okay. then, so also crashed out?
1: Um, So Melissa Holstein, who's the... uh, She's not the current world champion because... what's her name, Leander Caves, current 70.3 world champion, but I think Melissa Holstein uh, won the year before. She uh, she crashed on the bike, and I saw her start the run, but she must have pulled out at some stage. Also news down here, on the again, on our national news, Andrew Messick was out there um, racing as well, so good to see him uh, rocking up. Trenzo Botzoni, he didn't end up um, being able to race he crashed uh, had a car open the door on him a couple of days before the race so that was a real shame because I'm sure he would have been right up there Cam Brown punched
0: it. Oh, you're uh, cutting out a little bit there so it's, did Brown actually punch it? did he yeah Cam Brown punched it. Oh, I wonder what happened there
1: the finish and then he uh, he came running into transition holding his bike shoes so I don't know how far he ran with his uh, just along the pavement but he, he came into transition with his bike shoes in his hand and then uh-huh. just trotted around the run.
0: Okay and O'Grady, what happened to O'Grady?
1: He just didn't fire so quite a few of the guys who I expected to do pretty well, Graham O'Grady, Cameron Dye, um, a few of the Aussies um, just didn't seem to have their have their aching but um, still it's good racing.
0: Okay, other news. We've got um, Challenge uh, Almea in Amsterdam has been announced.
1: Yes, so Challenge just keeps expanding. And uh, so now they have the oldest race in North America with uh, Challenge Penticton. Yep. Uh, they have the oldest race in Asia with Challenge um, Challenge Phuket now, or essentially working with Challenge Phuket. And now they've going to have the um I think it is the oldest race in Europe, um, which is aldemira which has been going on for donkeys years. Uh it's a big race. Um it's in Holland and uh just another you know, another one to the added to the Challenge family and they're just getting bigger and bigger all the time.
0: Now, is it a race that is still successful? But you know, if we say like if we look at it and we say, look, challenges coming on board. But was it a race that was already kind of kicking butt, and so challenges is taking on a race, or was it a race that was starting to slip away that needed challenges kind of lift up?
1: I don't. Well, the Dutchies can tell us otherwise, but I think it's been going. It's been going strong, it's still going strong. So I think more than anything, it's challenged piggybacking on the back of uh, of their success, and and um, so in terms of them getting more exposure. I don't know. I suppose it's going to give them more, the race more international exposure and it's probably going to bring a little bit of a pro feel to it, which they might not have otherwise had and, you know, potentially bringing the uh, more international athletes as, you know, because as more and more events grow across Europe, I guess their numbers I'm sure their numbers might start to get hurt a little bit, so I guess it just gives them another angle there, so it's a, um, it's a no-brainer for challenge, you know, they don't won't really have to do anything in terms of establishing the race that's already there and may just be a couple of tweaks but um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good move for them. Mm, good times,
0: okay sponsor! We
1: often talk about going onto Athlinks about checking out your um Competitors and see see what they're up to and and uh, and just uh, maybe put a little bit of SmackDown talk. But I had an email through this week, and you can also use Athlinks in a professional capacity. So um, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but um, uh, I've got a, a, a guy a coach who's uh, a doctor, orthopedics, and of it's and uh, he now gets his staff to use Athlinks to. Check up on athletes who are talking. He thinks might be talking a load of rubbish in terms of their <laughs> results. He actually has his staff go. Somebody comes in and thinks of this crash hot uh, marathon runner or an amazing athlete talking that talking of a big game. Actually, now he's got his staff to actually go into athletics and uh, and check out their their results to make sure they're not actually uh, telling
0: porkies. Oh, that is gold.
1: So coaches, you can do that as well, I guess. Get on there. And, uh, and if you, your athletes are just sending through some select results, you know, maybe just sending through their, their one lifetime best ever result, but they haven't sort of mentioned all the times that they're bombed out, you, know, you can go in there and, and check out some of the other performances. So it's, uh, it's a great place to go on, you know, whether you're trying to check out your competition whether you're a medical professional um, or whether you're a coach, you can go on there and uh, and even if the athletes, I did this with Christian Kemp as well with the um, and that's where I found um, one or two of his results. Um, the guy who won the seventy point three. I went on there and just you know typed in his name and and it brings up a whole list of results for for Christian Kemp. And uh, if they're not members of Athlinks, you can still find certain results out for for the, for the people. So it's um, great resource. Get on it.
0: It's funny that obviously this guy's dealt with a lot of people who do kind of be a little bit dishonest about their results. <laughs> <laughs> like he's having to get his stuff to check up on it. Yeah.
1: So I think it's uh, it's just a multifaceted benefit to the whole community Bevan
0: that's right team so athelinks.com check it out if you aren't on there already it's a great place to store all your results and just keep track of your athletic career okay John so this week there's the big topic this week and Lance just does not want to go away we thought we would ended it in 2012 and he just he just wants to keep on our show I think that's a big issue and uh, he had the big Oprah interview now have you watched it
1: it's both the of the editions, are you
0: yeah, I, I, but I only watched them yesterday, so it was really interesting. I was just so busy, I, I didn't get time to watch them um, throughout. You know, throughout the you know when it was actually on. And so it was interesting watching from the outside, seeing all the commentary on it, and then actually watching it afterwards. So your thoughts? Um,
1: firstly, I'd ho- hopefully that we're not going to have to keep talking about this because the, the guy's just a tool, and uh, and I think well. Yeah, at least, uh, and I'm just I, I'm getting a little bit sick of talking about it, but at the same time I was did get sucked into the whole Oprah thing, and um, I've got a whole page here, Bevan, so I'm not going to go on forever and ever. You've um, got a whole
0: page, but you're not going to go on. I, I
1: okay. The thing I'll say um, watching it is I didn't actually learn anything that I didn't already know. You know if anybody's read. Tyler Helm's book and read David Walsh's book um, and the other stuff out there. There was for me there was um, there was nothing nothing new there. It's just um, him basically saying yes, it's all true. Um, I don't know about you, but I still felt there was a few porkies during that interview. Yep, porkies. I, 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 I can't fathom that he didn't take drugs in the the 09 and uh, in 2010 Tour de France when he made his comeback. But uh, So he didn't. But um... Uh, well,
0: Albert sent through a very good article about um, the reason why he would still lie about that. So basically, he still would be liable for those ones. You, You know, if he if he were to confess to those ones there's a much bigger cost so you know whereas the older ones are outside of that time period where they can get them, but the newer ones would be a bigger issue and so on the, Albert sent through this article on the legal side of the, the, the way he did the talk and so for him to come out now and say that he cheated in the last ones would actually be a much huger cost for him you know if he got done
1: Even there's a fire in there's <laughs> a fire in criteria. are you okay that's the, the call for the volunteer fire brigades out there. So if I have to run off and help fight a fire, guys, you're just going to have to wait till next week
0: for the show. Oh, well, we've heard birds, we've heard planes, and now we've got the fire engines coming.
1: So what else did I write down? Um, I, fe- I actually did sit there, feel thinking. I-, I feel a bit sorry for this guy, but then I was thinking, I don't actually feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for his kids and his family. Yeah. He was a single guy, but I was just thinking, man, imagine having a cock like that for a dad who's just a I don't know, just a liar. Um, I, I, I don't think, for the for the outsiders, um, for the people who haven't really followed the story, that necessarily they quite understand the lengths that he went to in terms of ruining other people's lives and, and how much of an impact they had, he had on them. Um, what else did I have? Oh, Belinda happened to write down on my list, my wife is awesome.
0: Oh, um, well, that's true.
1: Yeah, that is true. Um, I also did find myself wondering that, you know, if he wasn't such a um, uh, a jerk, whether we'd be treating him the same way or not. Because he's been obviously brandished as being this, this terrible drugs cheat and the biggest uh, cheat in history, um, which he is. Um, but at the same time, what about all the other guys that cheated just as much? I think the fact that he's also a jerk adds a huge amount to this because you know we're not sitting here and. Um, getting stuck into guys like Miguel Indurain, Reese, Rees, um, Richard Varonk, and, and all that whole era, where I'm sure taking just as many drugs as him. He may have been doing it slightly better than them, um, but I just find it interesting that uh, everybody's just calling him the biggest cheat in history when there's just so... The, the cycling, the 90s of the cycling is just littered with all the other cheats as well, and mm-hmm. um, we should be getting stuck into them as well.
0: I suppose the, the question I have, looking at it, is that how could have he done it where we would have been more accepting of his path? You know, like because you kind of look at it, and I think that maybe what happened was he just got caught in this big trap of he created this this thing that's got bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, you know, when you tell lies, you often you, if you tell one lie, suddenly you have to tell another lie. And then you to, you know, and you build this kind of world around this farm of lies that you've created, and and you know. When he wrote his book and he did his cancer, you know, he probably never really saw that he was going to become this massive, you know, worldwide international superstar that would have this huge influence. And But then once that started to come along, you know, at that stage you're not going to pull away from it. So you can understand why he got trapped in that world. And you can also kind of understand... Mm. Harry had to stay in the fight to to maintain his reputation, and you know I don't condone the way he did, I don't like what he did or anything. But you can kind of, from the outside looking in, you can kind of go, okay, well I can see why he got trapped in it, and I can see why he fought hard to maintain that reputation. But then you're going to go, well now that that, that it's out, mm. it, really, what what, what what way could we have done that interview where we would have gone, you know what, the guy stuffed up. You know, but we can be a bit more accepting of it. Like some people, I've got a friend of mine who's who's been a big fundraiser for Live Strong. He was one of the biggest fundraisers one year. Like he's really into to the Lance thing, and he went on Facebook and he's went on Facebook yesterday and put you know some kind of quote about you know it's one thing to to be dishonest, but to be all oh, kind of saying we need to forgive. And I kind of feel with Lance yet. He hasn't been honest yet, and so I can't really, you know, like it's we can't we can't just forgive him yet because there's been no real punishment, and I don't really feel we're getting the honest version of what really happened yet, and maybe that will come in the future. But for me, it was I wanted to see the truth. I wanted him to come out here and talk about, you know, okay, well, I got caught trapped in this world, and and this is why I had to go to these decisions, and and it felt as though he was still trying to maintain, he was still trying to keep as much of the influence and power he had as he moves forward from here it didn't feel like you know what he was really truly regretful for what he'd done like it was interesting you know when he was talking about the photo and he said i thought it was a good idea to put that photo up there now what kind of person would think that Mm.
1: uh, there's there's no way that well i don't know in my world there's no way we can just go boom forgive them the only way he can regain any sort of stature for me is if he really goes out there and makes a huge effort to to get rid of drugs and cycling and he's a complete hypocrite like and he said this on the, on the interview a complete hypocrite you know i've taken all these drugs and i go out there and then tell people you shouldn't take drugs yes he's a hypocrite but i think he's the one guy in the world who could make a real difference and just come out and say this is how it all works this is what we need to do to get rid of it this is the, the ways that people are going to try to get around it and um, um, and I think you know maybe he can that can be how he can make the difference. But the way that he ruined people's lives, um, you can't just do an interview. And I'm sure I don't think he expects that him. it's not all going to be alright. Um, so I think it's going to be a, it's a long and tricky path for him to gain some redemption. Um, so I feel sorry for his kids and his family, but there's not a lot of sorrow left there for him because he was uh, pretty nasty.
0: So John, the question I have then on the top of that is you know in doing this is a part of I think part of him trying to get redemption is that he wants to be an athlete he talked about that and, and you know and, and he always mentions Iron Man in that kind of spectrum so what are our thoughts on him becoming in our world and, and I know that um Tim sent through the Andrew Messick stuff I don't have that in front of me do you want to talk about that
1: well, I th- uh, yeah, Andrew Messick said, you know, if he if his band's changed and um, he's uh, eligible to race again, say his band gets reduced from a life band to a five-year band or an eight-year band, then, you know, he can come and do triathlons. Um, whether he's would be welcomed back, you know, Ironman can block anybody from racing, but if he serves his time, um, then I guess he can come back. I don't think I'd welcome him back. Bevan Doherty said he'd like him to go and dig a hole and crawl in it and <laughs> drop. <dock. laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I've, um, yeah, I haven't got a lot of time for him coming back to triathlon. Yes, it would bring a lot of exposure and publicity. Whether it'd be positive or negative, I don't know. But um, I don't think we really, yeah, I don't think we really need him back.
0: Well, the interesting thing is, I think if Lance come if this hadn't happened, and Lance came to our sport, you know, three years ago, or even you know, even last year, and, and you know, this explosion of information didn't come through. It would have been it would have been good for our sport, let's not deny it. It would have brought a lot of interest, it may have even brought people into our sport and so on. Whereas I look at it now and I think well Lance does our sport, sure it might bring a lot of interest into our sport, but it's not gonna bring interest as in it's gonna make people want to do our sport. It's more what's this guy doing now? And you know, and it's not the kind of energy that our sports needs. Whereas, you know, if he had come before this came along, You know, he probably would have exposed people to doing the idea of doing an Ironman. So I don't know if there's any value added to having Lance in our sport. Now, if, you know, if he serves the time and he does the sport, well, that's that's fair enough. But I don't know if there's much, you know, there's not much value for our sport and us really trying to get him in the sport.
1: Totally agree. One thing I do find quite, that does fire me up a little bit about the whole story is, um, is that the people that gained a lot out of this um, in terms of race of organisers, um, other events, then trying to sue Lance Armstrong um, I find that a bit hypocritical you know, the, the tour of Australia um, the tour down under is uh, I think trying to sue Lance Armstrong and like they, if they didn't know that when you get Lance Armstrong to come to your race and you pay appearance fees there's not a little bit of baggage there um, I just find that a bit um, a bit rich and the fact that he would have turned up there whenever he came down I think it was if when he was doing his comeback they would have got massive massive benefit from that in terms of eyeballs crowds and everything and I turn around try to find that a little bit rich.
0: Well, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you, I see what you're saying there, but then at the same time you did sell a lie to them. So I see that as well. Because you look at um, there was one sponsor who said, "Well, we're not going to sell him." We we got a lot of value from him being on our board of our sponsorship at that time. So it seems wrong to spot, you know. So I kind of see that side, but I also see the other side where well, we did sell a lie to them. So you can kind of see it's kind of a hard one. I think.
1: Oh. <laughs> The end of Lance, uh, this week weekend, Lance, and... Uh, He's dead to us, is he? He's dead to us. Dead to us, and as he comes out and does some really good things in terms of uh, drugs and sport, um, then we'll start talking about it again.
0: Let's talk about a better drug, John. Coffee, caffeine, a legal drug, one that really does make makes a massive performance to your life.
1: Quickly proven, Bevan, scientifically proven.
0: That's right. So, coffees of Hawaii, John, what are we going to talk about today?
1: I've seen Oha Peaberry every winter... North American winter, there's a, there a big wave action on the North Shore of Oha. I'm going to go to the North Shore when I go to Kona next time. It's gonna oh, be- yeah. Yep, it's going to be awesome.
0: Is that because you're taking Belinda?
1: That's right. Yeah. Oh, nice. We stumbled upon a limited supply of 100% Oha peaberry berry from the same North Shore. A medium dark roast with smooth mouthful. With well, a smooth mouthful. <laughs> with, it's full bodied and ends with a hint of almost semi sweet chocolate. Oh, nice. Mm. Flavoured coffee.
0: So, so uh, the, uh, wow, Is so it's the limited run, is it?
1: I think it must be.
0: Oh, wow. So if you, if you are a bit of a coffee connoisseur, and you like the finer things in life, and you want to be that kind of person, it's more like the, the wines, really, isn't it? Where you get those limited runs of wine, and you come around, your friend comes around and say you want some limited coffee, and you say, I'll pull out some Peaberry for you, and people are like, oh, this guy's a legend. Exactly. There you go. Check it all out
1: on coffeesofhawaii.com. want promo codes go to uh, iamtalk.me and under sponsors we've got all the promo codes for all the sponsors of the show so check it
0: out Coffees of Hawaii guys the best coffee in the world if you're not drinking it you're doing yourself a disservice. There we go. Okay, Age Gribble of the Week. I'll do it by myself. So, Kent Cuthbert sent through this week's and he's got a nomination here for Age group of the Week. Sam Pollard cycled across Australia, played a gig almost every night along the way, raised a bunch of money for charity, and then did Ironman Western Australia at the end. He's got a blog here as well. So, Sam, I haven't read the blog. John, tell me about it.
1: Yes, it's, it's more or less. As you said, I think his goal was um, to bike all the way across to WA in, in thirty days, um, which he did. And I think did he go from Sydney or Melbourne? Uh, one or the other. Whatever he did it was four thousand four hundred k's. <sighs>
0: sensational! That is sensational.
1: Thirty thirty days. Yeah. So yeah, And his plan was uh, As Bevan said To do a gig every night I think he managed to do He didn't manage to do that And he was a little bit disappointed But he um, So what
0: is he a singer is he?
1: uh, What does he look like he does? I think he plays with a guitar And I'm not quite sure There's
0: no no pictures of the, the bands Or the music side of it
1: but anyway, he did a gig. Uh, I think he did about eighteen gigs all the way across. Um, some days he was just too smoked to do it. Um, but I just thought it was a bloody, but really good, solid effort. And there's a few interviews on his on his blog as well. And he was he was raising money for what looked like a really cool, um, uh, very cool charity. I'm just trying to find the link to it. Basically, he was helping people on disadvantaged. Um, Situations in terms of getting them active, getting them into sport and and or recreation, um, and the we'll put a link up on the show show notes um, up on me as to what charity that was.
0: Well, you know what, people do these kind of crazy things. Don't they? they do the you know the ride across Australia or or New Zealand or you know all these kind of epic kind of challenges but then they have to go and perform each night like I know this sounds really silly you know you sitting now playing guitar it can't be that hard performing's not that easy you know and, and performing and like to get in front of a crowd of people you, there, there's an energy you need to actually make sure it's a good experience and when you're a performer the, if you're on stage and you don't have that energy you feel the pain of the crowd <laughs> you get what I mean like if, if they're not into you it, it's it's actually a pretty horrible experience and so to to ride, you know, 4,400 know, 4, Ks over 30 days and to get up on stage and then perform and to do it in a way where it's actually a nice experience for you and the crowd is a pretty challenging thing to do. And I, and I know that we look at this and we say, well, the physical challenge is, is pretty cool. But actually, for me, who has some experience as being a bit of a performer, is that's actually pretty challenging as well, because I can't imagine doing like an epic camp and then having to go out to the pub that night and then go do a, do a set on the guitar and sing and stuff. So it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, so he did 4,600Ks in total. He swam 4Ks and then he ran 50Ks during the 30 days. He performed 18 gigs, so didn't manage a gig-, gig quite each night, which he was a bit disappointed with, but it was impossible to sing after riding all day and, and hard work getting up on stage day after day on the bike. Um However, he says, the hardest part of the tour was having a camera pointed in my face the whole time. It's quite stressful. Everyone can see what you do, and I've had a lifetime's worth of interviews in one month. Hopefully we can get some good out of all that footage. Um, and the charity that he was raising money for was Rec Link to help disadvantaged people get back on their feet.
0: So good work, mate. That's really awesome. So um, his website, we'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me. Okay, John, what have we got next up? We've got one, two, three, four. Ha, five.
1: So that was Sam Pollard was the age group of the week, and yeah, Bevan, I'm feeling a little porky here. I'm not happy about it.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. Tell me about it. Why is that? Did you get you too much over? But John, you're in, your, you're in Project 2014.
1: No, and this is part of the reason why this uh, I've got this high five today. is um, Most people that see me think I'm relatively skinny, but part of the Project, 2040, Project 2014 early on is um, I'm going to get a bit of a, you know, uh, get my fat percentages done and everything, and... Uh, in, in general, I have a, whilst I'm small and f- people think I'm skinny, I generally have quite a high fat percentage, and that's one thing I'm really going to try to get a bit leaner during this um, sort of 15 month process and get rid of my jelly belly. Um, and so, a couple of things that I am going to be working on, um, and that I think would help a lot of other people, is as I'm a bit of a pig. You know, whilst I've been going on recently. Shifts to a bit more of a vegetarian lifestyle and eating healthy foods. I, eat, I do eat pretty healthy, um, but my portion control is not very good. And I, I eat a lot and I often end up stuffed and go, geez, I just ate too much, which is part of my problem. So, a few things that I'm going to do.
0: So, wait seconds, So, it's John's high five on portion control. Losing your jelly belly. Jelly belly. Okay, where well you go?
1: Number one, chewing your food. I'm not too bad at this, um, but to help yourself get Winchester Winchester University of Pennsylvania suggests chewing your food 30 to 50 times per mouthful this will help slow you down and mix your food thoroughly with saliva to help digestion also be sure to swab what is in your mouth before taking another mouthful now obviously you can't chew some foods 30 to 50 times but I think a lot of us just chew things and just guzzle them down and uh, and this is one thing I'm going to do to try to lengthen out the whole meal and uh, and just not make me pig myself out is chewing my food more a- Have you tried it? Yeah, I chew my, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a work in progress. Does it feel weird?
0: Sorry? Does it feel weird?
1: I don't go over the top. I wouldn't say I chew my food 50 times per mouthful, but I'm just make, just slowing down, chewing my food rather than guzzling it in there and just making sure it is nice and chewed
0: up before I swallow. But does it, like to me, the idea of being conscious of your chewing just seems really odd.
1: Okay. Well, next time we sit down for a meal together, Bevan, we'll, okay. go- we'll,
0: we'll have a two-count.
1: Yep. Um, this sort of ties in with this. Take your time with your meal. Um, setting a fork down between mouthfuls of food is another way of slowing down your eating.
0: Oh, John, I don't like this one. John, when I've got a meal in front of me, it's a time trial. I want to I want to get it down as fast as I can.
1: I've seen it, and I've also seen your
0: waistline. Yeah, it's pretty sharp. I've got a six-pack, mate. I'm not the one with the jelly belly. <laughs>
1: um Number three, one thing I'm uh, guilty of as well is don't overload your plate. It's okay to have some leftovers. Um, and uh, there are other, so other people say, you know, buy some smaller plates as well. That can be one yeah, way. Yeah,
0: that is a good trick.
1: Of sort of reducing your portion size, but um, that's one thing I'm only working on is just reducing my portion size a little bit, especially at this time where I'm not doing really heavy training. Obviously, the more training you do, then you're obviously going to need a little bit more sustenance. But at this stage, when I'm only doing 10 hours a week, um, I just need to reduce that portion size a little John,
0: bit. John, how, like, how many kgs do you think you need to, before you're sharp, do you need to lose?
1: I'm not too, see, I'm not too stressed about coming, like, my kgs, I'm more stressed, um, I know, but, you, but if you,
0: want to, if you want to get that tight belly, is it what, one or two kg?
1: No, I, I probably need to lose about three to four.
0: Okay, I'm just curious.
1: Because when I, when I, when I bump up my training, my muscle mass is going to be going up, so I'm going to be putting on weight, but I'm more focused on getting my fat, fat percentage
0: down. It's as lean you want.
1: Leanness, yep, um, this is a big one for me, when you finish your plate, take a break for 15 to 20 minutes and then if you need more, then go back and have some more. But one thing that I typically do is, you know, bump, chow down the first um, meal, if there's, if there's more there, I'll go chow that down as well and, and I haven't had that sensation of being full, um, but often if I do practice what I preach here is, you know, have my main part of my meal, chill out, relax, and uh, rather than going straight on and having a huge big fruit salad or dessert or second course or whatever just chill out 15 20 minutes allow your brain to connect with what's going on in your stomach and actually get that sensation of being replete and not not needing more and then you don't pig out and and go feeling like rubbish later on for doing so so that's number number four and number five this one is up for debate um, because my, my, my book by Dr Libby, my, my raw foods book, um, I've got to do a bit more research into this, but I've always thought that drinking water with your meal also helps to, to fill you up and and, uh, and just reduce the chance of just eating and eating and eating. But I'm just not quite sure on the science yet. So number five is under investigation. I used to say drink some water with your meal to help fill you up, but I'm not sure if that's the best thing to be doing. So I'll come back to people on that one.
0: What does Dr Libby say?
1: I have not got the book in front of me now but she says it just, it, I think it interferes a little bit with the, the, the digestion process by having water so I think you have your water maybe about 30 minutes before you eat and then while you're having your meal just eating your foods and then uh, can have some water later but that's why it's still under investigation, I need some scientists to come and tell me whether we should be having water with our meals or we shouldn't
0: Okay so John, so how, how long is it going to take?
1: It's going to take 15 months, Evan
0: 15 months to get, get rid of your jelly belly?
1: No, I don't know <laughs> Just get it. February one, it all starts on February one, Bevan.
0: February. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, you're the one of those people. Do you know what I say? It's really interesting when you look at um, it, it's don't have the destructive periods. That's where people stuff up. It's that you look at uh, most people when they put on their weight is when they have that. You you might have a couple of bits of chocolate at night, and you you know you, you don't normally eat chocolate, and you go, oh, bugger I've had a couple of pieces, I must have the whole block, and that's when most of the damage is done, is when we actually go OTT so much, and so for a lot of people, now, it might not be the case of you, but for a lot of people, we most of our diet is pretty good, maybe 70% of the time, and then we have those temptation moments, it's, the problem is that when people have temptation moments, they... It, it's almost because they overstep a mark they decide to sprint in the other direction so you know you might go okay well, I'll have a couple of chocolate biscuits or bugger I'll have the whole packet and then you end up having some chips with it and you, you go OTT and if anything if there's one skill to really learn is how to have some discipline around the, the the temptation moments in your life so like I know I often talk about my four bits of chocolate night but you know it, it is not necessarily the perfect food but I love my chocolate and so at night just to know that I've got four bits, it's never going to be a huge problem but also to know when to stop and you look at the research and most people the biggest damage they do is when they overstep that mark and then they take too long to reset back to good behaviour so they might go okay well I have four bits of chocolate, okay I have another couple more bits and they keep going but if you can kind of have those small kind of temptations and have some discipline around stopping then, that's actually a pretty good suggestion as well of, of not putting on, you know, excess weight. There you go. There's, there's my sixth point. So, sponsor John, sponsor.
1: SLS Tri, um, com. You guys in the Northern Hemisphere, especially your poms and what have you, it looks like, uh, the snow is gushing down in a big way. And, if you try to get out on the old mountain bike or the road bike once it clears a bit, you want to keep your legs nice and dry and, and, uh, and warm and compression at the same time. Um, SLS has compression leg warmers, the like compression full leg sleeves. The SLS full leg sleeve provides increased leg muscle performance during training and racing. Our seamless tech web technology makes the ultimate Is um, this must, this must be the ultimate garment for the serious athlete. These SLS tri full leg sleeve will aid your body and get oxygenated blood into your legs, removing lactate and other waste products. They also provide muscle support by reducing muscle vibration and energy loss while increasing accuracy and efficiency of movement. So remember to use your code I am talk, go to slstry.com. They're only 89 bucks and you get a nice healthy discount off that. And they're stylish um, leg warmers plus you get the compression at the same time. I like the look of them.
0: Yeah they're pretty cool. And and pretty fairly priced as well, which is great because a lot of these compression gear products can be extremely expensive, so slstryguys.com, check it out, and you can get some great compression gear, which is going to help you be a better, better athlete. Okay, John, questions and answers. What have we got here? You're saying referral to file and Dropbox? What's that about?
1: Okay, so we're going to refer. Nick from Trijuice.
0: Yep, the Juicinator?
1: Juicinator. He has done a great little research project for us. He has gone through and he has uh, identified all the new races that are coming up in 2013, and there is quite a list um, in terms of iron distance races. So we start, and I think he's published this on tryjuice.com.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got the tryjuice link here. I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me this week.
1: January you've got the Bone Island Triathlon in Key West Florida in March you've got the new Ironman Los Cabos in, um, in Mexico in May you've got Challenge Taiwan another HITS event in June are um, uh, these just
0: you... Iron Distance races John just Iron Distance races it's got quite a few more on the website
1: and then in June you've got uh, the City to Summit in Edinburgh in uh, the UK then you've got uh, the Great Lakes 100 mile triathlon in Ohio you've got the Swiss Man Extreme Triathlon that's that one we looked at a while ago that looks awesome you've got another hits race in The Hague New York Um, the Isle of Man TT Triathlon um, over in the UK which we've also talked about
0: Ironman Rally oh 7.3 sorry keep going
1: yeah. Um in July you've got Challenge Victoria in Spain. Um in August you've got the Shadow Man in Althon Island. Uh you've got Jurassic Man and again another one in the UK. You've got the Steel Distance Triathlon in the States, you've got New Iron Man Canada you've got Challenge Peak Tickling which isn't really new but it's um, under new management September you've got the Bellman in Belgium, Um, you've got another one, the Eastern Shore 140 Ultra Triathlon in uh, Cape Charles in the States Challenge Almera, again not a new race but a new brand, Ironman Lake Tahoe, a new one in September there's a lot of race, new races. In one year, that is a new list of new Iron Distance races.
0: It is pretty crazy, isn't it? You know, like our sport is. is seems to continue to grow, doesn't it?
1: It's massive. Um, it's a whopping 18 new Iron Distance races in 2013. That's got to be a new record.
0: It, well, well, who knows? But it it's, it's it doesn't seem to be a lack of interest in our sport, does it? You know, like if, if like and obviously there'll be different levels of success with these races. Some will sell out. Some may just be some local hundred people kind of races. But you know, like Ironman is, is a or Iron distance racing seems just to be bigger and bigger, doesn't it?
1: It's great, and it's just good. For, you know, it, it, we can't sit here and bitch and moan. You know, often people bitch and moan about the price of doing an Ironman. If you don't want to pay the price. These days there are so many different other events out there that you can do um, that may may fit in a lot better with your budget, um, and I just think it's um, it's good good healthy stuff, and hopefully they're all successful.
0: Now, if you want to check out the link, I'll put that on me, But what um, the Jasonote has done here is he's also put a lot of the half and Olympic distance races as well. So there's there's. Well, oh, I don't know exactly how many races there are, but there's quite a few different distance races as well. So if you want to check out a new race for the twenty thirteen calendar and uh check out this link and you'll be able to see some, you know, lots of good races out there. Fiji John, Fiji International Triathlon.
1: Oh, they used to have a re- they used to have quite a big big one over there. They had a, a big sponsor on board for a while. Um so I'm not sure if it's still a, a big race or not, but uh that'd be nice.
0: That would be nice, wouldn't it? Have a holiday around it. Okay, John, what else we got here? We've got um, we've got a, an email here from Susan Harwood and she's saying Project twenty fourteen. <laughs> Um, Hi, guys. Love your show. I'm a long-time listener. As my boyfriend, Stokesy, who is currently deployed somewhere in the Indian Ocean with the British Royal Navy. If you can, can you say hello to him on the show and tell him to stop procrastinating and get out for a run around the deck? So get out for a run around the deck, Stokesy. Um, Anyway, we're just wondering if, John, if you're going to be publishing your training schedule for the Project 2014
1: yes so it's starting on um, February the 1st because um, I'm then you know, I get I get back home next week and uh, the first couple of weeks I'll be catching up but I will be from February the 1st and I'll announce the web domain next week I will be posting every single session I do off- more information going up there once i get into it a bit more but every will be where things start getting tracked and i'll basically be putting up uh a jpeg of, of each file and a link to my um training peaks account and so you'll be able to go into every single file and see every single step or every pedal revolution that i do so it's going to be going live from next week
0: that's pretty cool so also uh stoatsy are you doing that run yet mate you've had a couple of minutes get out there do it Where you go good good work mate because I think that you know those those kind of military people you know who go out and train and you know like there's definitely something about being in the military that kind of encourages the athletic side of people but you know to be on a boat somewhere in the ocean and have to train it's pretty awesome
1: you need a compi trainer and you need a
0: treadmill do they run a, like oh, I wonder what size the, the ship sees on yeah those
1: really big ones like they're like Massive, you could actually do some good interval sessions around them.
0: You really could, couldn't you? It's an impressive lifestyle. Okay, then we've got an email here from Tim Richardson. Do you, do you not want to do this as an age group of the week?
1: This isn't, no, he's, he's got another one for next. Oh.
0: next we'll week's age. We'll, we'll, week, we'll do it next week, John. Do it next week. Yeah, we'll do it one next week. Um, Adam Laycock has got an email here. So, oh, so it, just, it was interesting, a few people gave us some uh, some feedback on challenge, you know, after Macca and talking about you know, just the different aspects of the macro interview. And Adam Laycock was just kind of come along and he said, kind of said, well, for him, he doesn't really see why Challenge is so much better when we look at the price point. And he's someone who obviously does care about price. And he's saying that the price difference for, to do uh, Challenge Henley, I think it was, versus Ironman Wales, you know, you're £340 for Henley and you look at it, £400 for Wales. So the price difference is pretty much the same. And he's saying, well, why would I do that when I can do up to Wales for 110 and yeah, I could see that point. I think the thing is, if you're going to do an I Man, and the, the price point thing for me now, last time I did an I Man, I think I paid six or $700 in New, Zeal- New Zealand to do it, but I didn't feel ripped off. You know, as much as you know, John and I will give Iron Man a hard time, you know, when they deserve it, I n- I've never felt. Not much value for money from the race, you know, and and same with a challenge race. I feel, you know, these races are more high priced races, but I'd never feel that, oh, you know what, I've kind of been shafted here. Now, I can imagine if you've done a lot of Ironman and that experience probably becomes a bit similar that may change you know like if I'd done 20 Men, you know and, and the awards dinners no, you know it's kind of the same stuff and you know the, the pre-race dinners kind of the same stuff I could maybe understand then that the extra dollar price point may be not so appealing but if you're somebody who's newer to the sport and only done one or two Men, you know the price point it, it, I, I I know for myself I never felt ripped off what about you John?
1: No, I think, I think Adam's right, and, and you come to New Zealand, and I think the, the entry fee for Ironman New Zealand and Wanaka, I'm pretty sure I haven't researched this, but I think it's pretty similar. So... Um, no, I totally agree. I think, you know, for, for me, that, that range of sort of 500 to 750 I think most people can stomach that. I think when it starts going up to the 1000 bucks for um, Man New York, you would be looking for that extra experience for paying that, um, you know, almost double what you might pay elsewhere. But, look, ultimately, the way I feel about the situation is, as I said just before, there's choice out there. If uh, you don't think you're getting value for money and don't want to do it, Go into another race, but but I'm on, on the same course, same same as you. Um, generally, if you, I think if you go along and you do the full experience, you do the, the and you have a good good race and, and everything is, is is run smoothly on the day, and they put on a good um, post race stuff You that you don't feel like they take. Shortcuts in terms of somebody the other day was uh, saying something about a plastic metal. Was it? it was maca or something? Saying about that plastic metal. Yeah. You know, I think those little things, right? Then, um, and I think most people feel that it's uh, it's they're okay with what they spend.
0: Well, I'm curious for you, about, because when you did your Ironman, like let's say Ironman New Zealand when you first came back, you know you you do come from that you know a, a guy who's raced for years and has done all types of races, done you know your local weekend kind of pay ten dollars to enter stuff. Was the, the price point for entering an IMAN a bit of an issue for you
1: it was a little bit back then actually probably now when i actually um now that i'm event organizer as well and i see what goes on behind the scenes i'm actually probably shifted back more to being being okay with it um i I would really struggle as i said to pay anything more than you know um about 750 bucks to enter a race but but yeah once i've Come into race organising, so so to answer your question, when I first came back, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is a bit of a struggle. But at that, at that stage, I also look at it going, well, I'm going to back myself to actually win some prize money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was quite a strong motivator for me. Um, but uh, but these days, I, you know I know what goes into to race organising, and especially when they're not races that sell to capacity. Um, uh, and and don't have thousands and thousands of people. Um, I you know I know the costs, what it takes to put on an event, and it's uh, it's they're not making exorbitant amounts of profit. I don't believe.
0: Well, that is a good point you bring up. You know, you you look at like a New York Marathon. Now, I don't know what you pay to do one of the big marathons. I'm sure it's maybe a couple hundred bucks. But you know, you can get 50,000 people at this race, so you can you can kind of get a smaller price point. One of the downfalls of Man is that, you know, Max really is 2,000 people, so they can't get the volume of people up to increase their profits. So, at the end of the day, it's always going to come from ticket prices, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: We also got another email about the, the interview from Spencer Whitmore, and he was kind of basically just saying that... Um, he he was curious, you know, is Iron Man losing its touch? And, and 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 he had a few points in there, and he was kind of saying, you know, are they overbranding themselves? So are they kind of selling out a little bit? And, you know, we've had that discussion a lot. But it was interesting, he wasn't really that keen on the, the video from last year, and he was saying that... I need to sneeze, so give me two seconds. Wait a second, talk about something for a second, John. Okay, I'm back. Um, he was talking about how... At the end of the day, he thinks the sob stories are the key to watching Iron Man. You know, the, the the story that they sell with the Kona coverage, and and it really got me thinking around this whole Lance topic. And actually, one of the competitive advantages that Iron Man has as a brand is the fact that we do sell the everyday person story, and that that's what a lot of people in our sport connect with. Now, I know you don't necessarily like that, and I know that this year they tried to do a lot more of the pro coverage. And, and I only really watched half the coverage I didn't see much of the age group stuff um, but it, I do think that in this time where a lot of people are questioning what does sport really mean, what does high level sport mean and what is the message it's portraying to our children and, and do we need to shift that back to about personal growth and about social experiences and all the other good stuff that comes with sport that our sport actually has a bit of a competitive advantage that we that is one thing that we've sold for a long time and we've it's probably as much as we want to kind of get that more exposure for our pros we don't want to lose that message of what's great about Ironman for the everyday person are you there?
1: I am sorry you cut out of me for there for a second but I totally tell, for the sport to sport is they uh, it's either a friend doing it or a colleague or they do it I don't think there's many people that go and watch um, Pete Jacobs win Kona and go Right, I want to do Ironman now. There's going to, that's going to certainly appeal to a small port, part of the potential Ironman athletes. But I'm totally with you. You know, in terms of Ironman brand, growing their um, brand and getting more people involved, it totally comes down to selling those everyday stories and promoting those people. And I think they're doing uh, a better job across the board of doing that of looking after their age group as They're making small steps. You know, I thought it was a really good step this year in terms of having those, um, having some more age group profiles whether they use that through through YouTube and, and getting social media going. So I, I think they're doing a pretty good job.
0: So it's fascinating, John, the social media stuff. And, uh, you know, John and I was always talk about we need to get more on social media and we kind of half-heartedly do. But it's interesting. I work for a big company called Les Mills and uh – it was, you, well, while I'm up here this week, I'm kind of in the the brain's trust of what's happening with the business, and you know they they have graphs now on you know the different program who has the most likes and stuff like a big, you know it's obviously social media stuff is such a big influence, and in, um, these companies, big companies like Les Mills are, are working really hard to to expand their social side of their business it's It's just an interesting insight being in, around a big company right now and seeing how much energy goes into developing that social side of things. Exactly mm. Sponsor John Extreme Endurance
1: You've missed out um, You missed out Swanee there
0: Oh wait a second That's right Swanee where is it?
1: So It's between Spencer Whitmore And, uh,
0: and... Oh there he goes Okay ages ago I nominated Clive Ronzansky Yeah I'll give you that Yeah something like that Rosanansky Rosanansky probably um, as age group of the week it's fair to say that he doesn't like Lance Armstrong now there's fair to say probably quite a few people out there right now who don't like Lance Armstrong but this guy definitely doesn't like him and at the time of nominating him for it this picture was missing but basically what he's done is he's got a photo of Clyde finishing now which marathon was it was it New York Marathon? Yeah, it was New York Marathon. Yep, New York Marathon. Now, Roz was injured, but basically he's coming up to the finish line, and it's a pack of five, and Roz is in front of Lance Armstrong, and it's a gold photo. So for this week on the website, that's going to be this week's photo of Clive Rosanenski crossing the line in front of Lance Armstrong, and he was injured, so he would have really dominated him otherwise, eh, John?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's a gold photo. So check out the website, www.iamtalk.me, for this week's photo. Okay, John, extreme endurance got some problems tell me about it mate I'll give you a hug
1: so I'm up here in Kaiteri Terry yep. um, highly recommend this place for anybody who's coming out to New Zealand
0: oh you're cutting out are you there he's cutting out he's saying Kaiteri is the most amazing place in the world and I have to agree it's stunning you're back
1: this this weekend um, I have the Nelson International Triathlon my comeback It's uh, it, it may well not be pretty I'm going to try my hardest but it may not be pretty Forgot my extreme endurance. At City <gasps> Church. Oh,
0: amateur mistake, John. Boy, how'd you do that?
1: I don't know. I, I forgot a couple of things. I brought up my whole I brought up my whole flippin' i the blenders working perfectly Even green smoothies every day. Brought up my big kick ass fruit food processor as well. Forgot one part,
0: useless. Complete waste of <laughs> <laughs> oh don't you hate
1: that <laughs> i got my extreme endurance to suffer in the race this weekend and i'm gonna suffer in the recovery but people that aren't suffering if you go to x endurance stop some of the other athletes that are using it helene bedevart who we've had on the show timo Bracht, who we've had on the show dr tamsin lewis and we've got to get tamsin lewis on the show she was supposed to come on a little while ago um and she was going to talk about the kona medical tent so if you're listening to this and get back into and- back in uh, back in touch and we'll get you on. Yvonne Van and Heath Thurston, former Epic Camper. Um, Matt Malloy, who we interviewed in Kona. M- Mackenzie Madison, she's um, an up-and-coming pro. Leon Griffin, he was um, racing last weekend up in Auckland. Now, some of the other guys we've had on the show as well. Um, Bevan McKinnon, also been on the show. And uh, who else we got on there? A bunch of CrossFit guys. If you want to get into CrossFit, Extreme Endurance is all the craze in CrossFit. Oh,
0: it makes sense. Yeah, it'd be great for CrossFit.
1: Sierra Champion, Leslie Pearson. So all those guys putting their name behind Extreme Endurance um, and using it, and we've heard uh, Hal towels in there as well. Um, So if you want to go check it out, go to xendurance.com, go to athletes, and you can see a whole variety of athletes that are using it. Matthew Russell, uh, I think he won Ironman Canada last year. So um, they're all on it. And they're also performing, and uh, wouldn't be putting their name up there if, um, if they didn't believe in what the product was, and it's awesome. Yeah, I'm suffering for not using it this week.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, because I told you I'd give you something if you won, didn't I?
1: I know, and I made, I made that whole challenge a whole lot harder for myself.
0: Yeah. See, when you don't, win don't you go? It's my own fault for not getting the extreme endurance. So, check it out, guys. Extreme endurance. Okay, Jombo sponsors are. Oh, let's do our finishes. Wait a second. I'm in finishes, John.
1: Yes, we had a couple um, of finishes. Uh, and, and, and in the past, when we've gone through this, I've always said, oh, we don't know where we're up to. But from now, I've got a tracking system now, so we're not going to be repeating people's names. Have uh, you done that? Well, I've got an Excel file. And each time we do it, I'm going to download the file and, uh, and just put a look. I've got, it, I've got it sorted, Bevan.
0: OK, so who are we starting with? Start Ben Moore. Now, John, have you got the system? Now, John, before we start... People don't like the hammer, and we've had other suggestions what about the hammer
1: you know we've changed it to the hammer I think okay of uh, of mm-hmm. uh yeah so these this is for our swim cap names let me have a look here bevan uh, so because
0: what we can do is we can say you know like you say the their name as before we say their time
1: oh but this is for the oh okay this so isn't this hasn't been discussed, Bevan. We've got to have a board meeting about this.
0: Okay, well, next week when we're back in the studio, we'll have a board meeting. But So who are we starting with?
1: We're starting with... Oh, too many pages open at once, Bevan. <sighs> Four-finger swipe, John. That's what I did. Four-finger
0: swipe, Ben Moore. Ben Moore. Okay, so Ben Moore, he did Ironman Western Australia. Now, John... He smoked Ironman Western Australia, so when he goes in at a time of so, do we say the name first?
1: Well, uh, these names are for the swim caps. I don't. I, I wasn't privy to this knowledge of just dishing them out willy nilly, Bevan. Yeah,
0: no. I'm saying that when we when we do it, we say he's a he's an alihi animal because oh he did a nine oh nine. Get what I mean?
1: he's an alihi animal yep sweet
0: yeah and that means so so if he'd done a sub nine so he was nine minutes off being a Kona killer yes get yep. what I mean because what we were doing was we were, kind of, we were kind of giving lots of love to the PB now that was a PB for him we loved the fact there was a PB but it's more we're kind of announcing what, which level they achieved each time okay sweet so now he sits in the alihi animal you know he's a silver cap nice yep okay so, so Ben Moore and you've got a PB love your work Ben Moore who's next uh, John
1: Rich Nichols. I'm uh, in Western Australia. Went 12:48.
0: So what- he's a Kalua Crusher. Not Kalua. Kar- How do you say that one? Kalua
1: Crusher. Okay, good. A Cruiser. Sorry. No. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He's a Kuakini Crusher.
0: Yes, Kuakini. We'll we'll get better at this, guys. It's week one, okay? Um, Kuakini Crusher is Nick Rickles. Rich Nichols. And <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a PB. He did 12:48. Okay,
1: Alan. Gaylang Lang, um, did I man Western Australia, 11.39.
0: Now he's a Palani Predator. Nice. And it was a PB as well. Love your work, Helen. From the weekend, uh, last
1: weekend down in Wanaka, we had Jackie Hagland, uh, 14.29, PB. Nice work.
0: And she's a. How's that one? Kalua?
1: Uh, she's. Uh, no, foot and she's a kailua cruiser
0: kailua cruiser and it was a pb love your work and then we got good old Mora, maura terry and she did challenge wanaka and she is uh what is she john
1: she is a harvey hammer no we no, changed
0: harvey hammer ha-
1: uh, uh, hammer hammer <laughs>
0: she did it wasn't a PB she did 1346 give us two weeks guys in two weeks we're going to be nailing those names I tell you so again once again if you want to get your name read out on the show once you've done an iron distance race you go onto our website there's a little bit there that tell us about your Ironman finish it's on one of the little drop down menus and then uh, you're ready to rumble and we'll read it out on the show so that can be your highlight for this year and you'll get your name and you can also then send in to get your swim cap exactly good times rock and roll okay John's sponsors are
1: Aflinks.com.
0: Uh So people can see what your real performances are Coffees of Hawaii um, So you can get that exclusive coffee And Extreme endurance. So you can get fast and win races And not use it as an excuse for not running races
1: All my excuses all lined up for next week
0: <laughs> Okay, that's good times watch you got, mate?
1: Using i not use an excuse as I did get a bit of bike mileage in the legs uh, the weekend before last. We had our camp, um, which we've got to say a huge, huge thank you to anybody who donated money at Ironman New Zealand in 2011 um, to the Christchurch Earthquake Appeal, because um, some of that, a chunk of that money went towards a camp that we had uh, the weekend before last for anybody who's done an Ironman training for Ironman, and we had 30 people do a camp, and it was a pretty epic little uh, four days we did. 180Ks um, ride on day one from Christchurch to Kaikoura, and this is a full breadth of athletes from sort of nine-hour athletes through to sort of 15-hour athletes. Uh, day two, we rode about another 140-odd K, plus we ran for an hour as well. And then day three, we swam for an hour, rode a variety of 50 to 150 Ks and had a one-hour run as well. And then on the final day, we did a, a one-hour run and then we biked back to Christchurch, another 140 Ks. Get this, Bevan. Hamner to Christchurch. Um just a tickle of a tailwind behind.
0: Tickle of a tailwind. You, if you get a wind behind you going from Hamney, you're getting a good wind.
1: What, what are you thinking my average speed was between uh, – and, and uh, we weren't pushing it. We pushed it a little bit in the middle stages, but certainly wasn't wasn't cranking it. What so
0: about you riding in a pack?
1: Um, we had a pack of three or four riding together.
0: It's uh, slightly downhill. Yeah. Average speed. Uh, t- probably high 30s.
1: Even. Average forty
0: kilometres an hour. Nice, that's pretty good on that ride.
1: Yeah, that was pretty solid. That was to the to the palms. It did drop under forty as I had to bike through through town. It was just before the palms, so I was I was pretty stoked with that. Forty k an hour for about 100 and, uh, 130 odd k's um, was pretty nice.
0: Nice. Pretty- it's like when you get those rides, when you get those, you know, when you get those results, or those rides where you know just it's a good day and you're flying. It makes it all worth it, doesn't it?
1: So that was good times and that was a really nice way to kick off for me for uh, for getting back my cycling legs and um, all the athletes had a fantastic time. A lot of them was the first time for a uh, for a camp experience and we had some pretty pretty spectacular weather, pretty damn windy I would have to say um, on pretty much every day. But yeah, special thanks to anybody who donated any money to the, uh, at Ironman New Zealand which was in March straight after the February earthquakes and uh, everybody really, really appreciates the um, what people did and it's made their Man build up a hell of a lot better
0: Good times rock and roll um, Anything else?
1: Uh, no, I got this race this weekend and just <laughs> being at Kiteri the kids are loving Thomas is actually a stage now where he's getting in the water and trying to catch waves and uh, just about drowning so you've got to keep an eye on him and boogie boarding and uh, no, it's good times
0: No, oh, good stuff Well, I went to uh, I'm in Auckland I'm doing some work up here which is all good but I brought my daughter up and went to Red Hot Chili Peppers mate Oh, nice. Yeah, we went to Chili Peppers, and we were quite lucky, actually, because we didn't arrive stupidly early. We only really arrived about 30 minutes before the gates opened, but we got right up to the front, we were literally in the second row, which is kind of cool when you're a male and you're kind of strong, but when you're a 15-year-old girl and not that tall, it gets a little bit aggressive up front there, Jombo.
1: Bit of a bit... Uh, a bit
0: of mosh pit that was a bit of mosh pit and happened So I was, I was almost like A shield around her to You know Because it was good Because she's a little bit shorter of my daughter And so uh, She wouldn't have seen Much of the concert If she was anywhere else So it was great That we got in a good spot But it does get a bit aggressive And so I literally Put the shield around her And no one was going To hurt my daughter And I was like I was like Schwarzenegger mate I was pushing guys away I was getting all aggressive I tell you Nice really loving it so it was cool, but they were, they were, it was really good, man. Like, the Chili Peppers are one of those bands who they played for two hours, amazingly sharp as performers. That you knew every song. Just a really, really cool concert. So it was cool. And then um, just, just what else have we been doing? Just up here working, really good times. Good times. Looking forward to getting home. Getting home, John. You know I've got a good life because I'm getting home, and then I'm going on holiday next week.
1: Are you around next Tuesday?
0: Yeah and I'm here for next two Tuesdays, don't worry about that. I've got to go to no I, I go away no, I'm, I'm home for a week and then I Joe and I are gonna go to Melbourne for five days and then I'm off to Kuala Lumpur, so that should be fun.
1: The big KL. The big KL, hey. Have you been there? Been to KL, yep. Yep. Is, is it nice there? Uh I don't know if nice is the, the word I'd be using, but it's um uh it's it's a typical Asian city. Fairly fairly typical.
0: Okay, good times. Okay, well, um, Craig Kurtwig got fourth in challenge and uh, uh, 70.3. Rob Dalymore got 11th in his age group. I saw Swanee's name up there, he was top tenner. just kind of browsing through the results.
1: Dave Dwan got on the podium in his age group down in Wanaka as well. Yeah,
0: triple D, triple T, I should say. Yep. Yeah, so lots of good results happening this weekend. It's good to be back in the race season, isn't it?
1: It's the next up, I think, uh, next main race up is going to be Ironman New Zealand in a little while, and then we're going to have the Kiwi Showdown. Proper Kiwi showdown. Hopefully we have Terenzo, Cam Brown, and Bevan Doherty going head-to-head. Looking forward to that. And you're
0: picking Doherty, aren't you?
1: I am going to pick Bevan Doherty. Yep.
0: Okay. I'm going Cam Brown. Come on, Cam. One more time. One more time. Come on, Cam. You can do it. The
1: studios, looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, next week in the studios. Guys. We'll be back to normal. we we'll much better. We we'll won't have any birds. There'll be no fire alarms. It's going to be brilliant. Iron rust. Iron man, don't. Train up. Train smart. Kia kaha.